0: Today's episode is sponsored by audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.
1: So sorry for the interruption,
2: but we have a quick announcement. We just put together a quick app to consolidate past and upcoming episodes of this show. To download the app, simply use your cell phone camera
1: to scan the QR code on the screen. Then, simply add the app to your home screen for
0: easy access and a better experience. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launched their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please follow Rami's Instagram account so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you'd like to watch previous episodes, simply click on Rami's IGTV section or scan the QR code at the beginning of this video to download the app. If you'd like to get more information and analytics about each guest, simply visit the podcast website at takingyoutothetop.cf. Now, let me spend a moment to introduce today's guest before Rami gets started. Today's guest is the founder of Walze. Walze is a talent marketplace that lets companies find talented, remote, tech talent from around the world, foreign office, and remote roles. Join Rami in welcoming her to the show if you have any questions for our guest today please leave them in the comment section below that being said we hope you enjoy today's episode without further ado are you ready to take it to the top
2: a few moments later okay homera thank you so much for joining me today it's episode number 15 of taking you to the top
1: my all 15 looks like my uh Russian number because
2: I was born on the 15th all right fantastic so if you wouldn't mind that to start off if you could introduce yourself take us back from the beginning tell us where you're from where you started your journey and how that led you to becoming the founder of your company
1: yeah absolutely so I'm currently in Toronto right now and I guess like my journey began here so I was born in Jeddah Saudi Arabia actually Um, my father who like grew up on like this village in Pakistan like tribal no education ended up self teaching himself Arabic so he was like this Arab translator in Saudi Arabia so we so that's how I was born there and then when I was three moved to Toronto Um, so my father has always been like very entrepreneurial even though like no formal education like so he you know started this like little meat shop like a butcher shop in Mm -hmm. Canada and like I kind of grew up like Doing that with him, like pricing the products and doing all that stuff. And he was always just like the one to teach me, like, you know, be your own boss. And he would hate when I used to work like part time jobs and I like turned 16, I was working in like retail shops and stuff. And he was just like, look at you all tired. You know, you should be tired for your own business or whatever, Um, which is surprising because usually, like in our culture, they want you to like become a doctor or go to school and get like a really big managerial job. But my father has always been like, become an entrepreneur and take care of yourself. And, And, you know, he ended up making a lot like, From, like, where he came from, he, like, from the slums of, like, Pakistan, he, you know, thrived, I guess, and, like, you know, thank God, like, now we have a lot, you can say, compared to, like, where he came from. So, um, I ended up moving to New York. I kind of helped my, so when my father was in his little meat shop, I turned 16, and I was, like, in his shop, and I took these, like, products, and I turned them into, like, frozen meat products. And I was like, oh, we can make like burgers. And nowadays like everyone cares about health so they can be like really healthy, no artificial ingredients or whatever. So I was kind of like ahead of the game like with this whole thing. Um, and then like I got it, got the nutritional labeling done, got it federally approved from like, in terms of um, like the food inspection agency and stuff. So then like my brother took it over when he graduated college. And cause I didn't want to be in the meat business just for like, it's just like hard for me to be in that space at this point. Um, but yeah, so my brother took it over and now, you know, we have a big production plant, and that those burgers and kebabs that I created are now sold in like Walmart and all over Canada and we're just getting federally approved. So I was always just like building, like want to build like the next big thing. Right. And like, but I ended up moving to New York um, right after. So I was in New York for the past 13 years. So I really want to be in the tech space and Toronto is like a nice, really nice place to be, but they're, they don't have like a heavy tech scene even now. Um, so I was like, New York, like, I didn't want to go to Silicon Valley, New York is like an hour flight from New York, so it was close enough, um, studied finance, and then I got into a tech startup, um, so I didn't want to go to any of like, the big banks, so I'm like, I want to work in tech, like, that's the reason I'm here, so I ended up, like, going to all these very early stage startups, and I joined Vettery in New York, which is, like, very early stage, like, a recruiting tech platform, which is, like, not the hottest space, like, I didn't, I was, like, uh, recruiting doesn't sound like, it's not like space or anything cool, but um, right. it was like these two hedge fund guys that were building it and they were like super smart um, and they had like a really good vision of how they want to like change the game and I was like okay I can learn because it's really hard to join it's like a big risk to join an early stage startup because a lot of them don't succeed or it's like, a lot of like it's a big mess and these guys seem like they're on top of like they had like the perfect vision and um, you know thank god I joined that team two years later we exited for 113 million to like a deco um, for me it was like around 10 people and like two years later we're like over 100 people so it just like scaled very quickly and wow. And looking back now, I'm like, I, at the, when you're in the moment, you don't realize all the things that you're like taking into your brain. But like, now when you look back, like, as I'm building the current product, it's like, I can take a lot of the lessons that I learned, like, even from the very early stages to the late stages, and some mistakes we've made, some progress we made, taking a lot of the stuff that we like built, and, like building it with my current product. Um, mm-hmm. It's been helpful. And then I worked for some other places after that, like, um, like a marketing agency where I can learn like how to work with different KPIs for like consumer goods and uh, mall, which is like how do you measure like people coming into the mall? Um, Sylvester Stallone was like one of the the clients, which is like super funny, which we didn't have to do any work for. Like his t-shirts just sold his, itself. Um, sure. So yeah, and then I I ended up being in the space for the recruiting space for a while, and then I ended up starting Walse. It's a kind of like a weird story how I joined, how I came to the Middle East. Um, I was working with some guys in Qatar who were building something similar. Um, so they kind of just like reached out to me as like, you know, we want your help, you have experience in space. And I'm like the only person that like seems like I would understand the region from like <laughs> that point. Cause like, there's no one else, like everyone else is probably just like a different culture or whatever. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll definitely help. Because when I was visiting Dubai, I was like, there's a huge market for this. Cause a lot of people are looking for jobs. I was like, let me see what jobs are online. And it was like a horrible experience, like job boards, recruiters posting. So it's like, it says company confidential, you don't know where you're applying. Um, right. And I saw that they were tra- transitioning from like this oil and gas economy into like this tech world. And like the biggest demand was like tech talent. So I was like, you know, we could probably bring like battery to the Middle East. They've already exited, they didn't really care. And I think it's like, we would have to really change up the model to bring it here. So I was like, I can start something similar. So the idea was like for emerging markets or like the Middle East, like bringing something similar. But long vision, I saw that the overall like global atmosphere was that like everyone's going to shift to remote especially with like this whole autonomous world that we're going to start living in um so i was like long vision it's going to be like a remote platform so i have like i built it so that like short term we can be um we can be like uh for the middle east long term be like a fully remote platform um but luckily not luckily i don't want to say luckily but like after this whole covid thing happened it really accelerated my vision of like the remote world
2: so I'm seeing similarities as well. Mind? I can, yeah. Okay. I'm just, uh, I noticed something as well. Because of COVID, everybody yeah. seemed like this sudden, I don't know, I don't want to say like a boost in business, but it just seems that people are trying to figure out ways to do things and it's actually more efficient than it was pre-COVID.
1: Yeah. I always say because like any big change that happened in the world like if you study history it always happened with some very like significant event whether it was like world war like a big world war or like a huge pandemic so that's how we got like the industrial revolution um, the agricultural revolution and industrial revolution and then we had this like shift into this technological revolution but it wasn't like a full shift because like a lot of companies still didn't know to go remote we were doing like stuff with autonomous vehicles people had to like it was going to be a very slow transition. And, like, of course, this pandemic hit, and now everyone is forced to, like, really figure out and, like, forced to be innovative. And um, so this is going to be, like, the actual technological revolution. Because, like, any of these revolutions that happened were still happening, but when, like, something big, like the World War or something happened, like, that's when it, like, really had that huge shift. And I feel like that's what's happening now. So, like, now we're really going to start seeing, like, these space missions and UFOs and all that kind of stuff. (laughs)
2: Okay, so um, if you could tell us more about your company, specifically what you're trying to achieve, what your main goal is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's like a, it's like one of those things where, um, like I said, I kind of wanted to build this thing for like the Middle East, but overall just emerging markets because like, okay, the US has a lot of tech talent. They don't have like a talent acquisition problem. Um, And then, you know, a lot of like the developing world Um, or you can just say like anywhere, like you can see like Jack Dorsey and Bill Gates and everything, like throwing a lot of accelerators into Africa, the Middle Mm -hmm. East were opening like a lot of funds and everything. So like all these places are like now shifting into like this tech world and it'll probably happen a lot faster because there's already like existing technology. So at this stage, it's kind of like recreating some similar models, but that would like address these huge markets that like no one has really looked at for a long time. Um... So like my idea was, okay, I'm going to start with the Middle East and I am still going to do that just because it's a huge market to address um, that no one's really looking at properly. Like I don't think the current tools really, um, I guess, meet the demand of like what's there. And then overall, I want to like make this like global vision of like the remote world. So it's not like you can just put up a job board and like, you know, be like there's a company in you know, Bahrain that's hiring for like a blockchain engineer, it's like and then somebody happens to find it, it's like how do you connect talent from around the world and now there's like global war for talent. Um, so how do you like these companies compete with like other big companies? Like everyone knows Google, so they'll go on Google and they'll apply for jobs. But how does this like random company in Bahrain apply for like um, or find like the best tech talent or like compete for like these engineers that have like a ton of experience. But it's also unlocking opportunities. So the other thing is it's like to stay your Silicon Valley engineer or to like be an engineer anywhere in the U S or wherever, it's just like a privilege in itself. Right. But a lot of people that are really talented are in like remote rural, like areas of the world. Right. Like when I was Absolutely. in this Palestinian, I was in this Palestinian refugee camp in Lebanon and it was like, I saw um, these little kids that like there was computers that were donated and these mm-hmm. little kids were playing Fortnite. And it was just this thing of like, okay, you can't, as a, as a refugee, you can't legally work anywhere, right? Because you don't have like documents to work and you don't have like a home necessarily, right? So you have to get paid off the books and they don't really care about going to school or university because like regardless if they have a degree, like what kind of job will they get as a refugee, right? It's, like off the books or labor or whatever. But because of technology, like you can change that There's over 80 million refugees in the world right now. And it's like, how do we offer these? Or people in like war-torn Yemen, for instance, it's like, which I already have on the platform. Um, So like giving people opportunities, like it's not based on like you're a Silicon Valley engineer. Now it's based on skills. So it's like, you know, based on like what kind of skill set you have, that's how much salary you'll get paid. It's not like because you're in Silicon Valley, you're going to get 200K and like someone in Yemen is getting paid like 20K. So now creating like, Within the next 10 years, like global standardized salaries, data on like remote work, it's really gonna like up innovation because now like every company can like open up their borders, I guess, to like talent all over the world, and like talent also sure. has access to opportunities, whereas otherwise they just never would have had that. So it's kind of like the mission for like the company is like yeah, getting companies like the best talent, making sure people have like really good technical skills, upping the skills, getting people experience. And just, like, you know, really changing a lot of people's lives, I guess, ultimately.
2: Sure. Uh, one question comes to mind. You mentioned refugee camps, uh, war-torn areas. Um, how would they get paid? That's I think always that's been the a thing.
1: thing. A, <laughs> it's always a thing, but that's why I think technology is going to enable it. Like, there's, there's platforms you can pay them in Bitcoin, right? So it's like... Right you know it's like you don't have to have like this legal structure now it's like i'm getting paid in france and i need to get like a french, like a french bank account now you can get paid through bitcoin and through apps and through like a lot of different things so it's not like it's just going to happen like overnight it's still something that like how do people get like wi-fi or access to computers and stuff like that or like do people have technical skills so it's something that's going to build but i think like this is like a good way to like a good stepping stone um, but yeah so now there's like so many ways that we can like pay people like benefits and pay people through bitcoin and and I'm building something within Wallday that, like, enables, like, so we, I already partnered with a company that enables, like, post-hiring mechanisms, but then it's, so like, right. also, you know, part, like, post-hiring, like, post-hiring, like, post-hiring. So, like, you know, payroll, set people up with, like, their healthcare and stuff from different places, so that's where I'll get, like, a lot of users from, but then it's, like, I really want to go on this mission of, like, opening up opportunities for everyone. It's also, like, you know, can we pay people in Bitcoin? Can companies pay them? But then also getting companies access to, like, those those kind of tools um so it's like a long vision but i think it it can definitely happen because there's a lot of existing software out there that we can use to our benefit
2: i guess another thing with bitcoin though is how do you convert it to fiat because i mean in certain areas i you know like in the middle east in general bitcoin is sort of like a no-go zone
1: I know, I know. Not I mean, I think it's so. changing. Not everywhere. I think it's changing now because of, like, sure. a lot of, like, even with this whole Bitcoin, the COVID thing, it's, like, I think a lot of things are changing, and, like, that's what I said. It's, like, it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. It's something that's, like, gradual, but I think it's going to be, like, kind of an aggregate of all these things combined that's going to, like, enable this change, but that's this whole thing. It's, like, because of COVID now, everyone's forced to, like, change into, like, having digital currencies or um and you know like at this platform like I have people on the platform that are like stateless that like mm-hmm. put themselves as stateless or people that are in Yemen and stuff um so like there's opportunities for them but like obviously at this stage we're still like you know um, a for profit company and you know it's not like those are the only people on the platform so it's like I want to be able to like get all these Silicon Valley like remote jobs and stuff like that and we still sure. have like top people from like Amazon and Google that joined the platform but Hopefully, like, I'll be able to get these people, like, some kind of solutions, which I think a lot of companies are up for, for the challenge as well. So, I've been talking to a lot of companies at the, the same time, so.
2: Well, I mean, it sounds really, really interesting. I mean, I hope to see it really get into as many spaces as possible. You know, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of uh, areas that just would not dream of it the talent it stays local and they can't work anywhere except for you know what they have in their local market, which may not be what they're worth.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just like any time like there's a big global shift, it's like you would see like more opportunities. Like before I was reading this thing like people never even used to have gardens before it was like one of those elite things. And then the middle class kind of came up and people started working out factories and people like had their own money now. So now it's like you came out of this like whole idea of like peasants and stuff and now you have like a huge middle class and and that unlocked all those opportunities right and like now what's the next phase or the whole technological revolution of like there's still a lot of people that you know ultimately need help or opportunities and I think this will like really enable a lot of stuff Um, because it happened with the gig economy and now it's you know Mm -hmm. that unlocked a lot of opportunities for people so um, you know there's always there's always I think just like new opportunities with tech to like really help a lot of people
2: sure so is is your company currently? I mean, did you bootstrap or did you raise capital?
1: Um, primarily bootstrapped, but I did raise a, like a small angel round. So okay. I raised some capital for angels to kind of help like the whole product and my database and stuff. And how
2: how did you decide on the amount you needed at that time? It's
1: kind of ongoing. So like I'm still like am i raising it's like i feel like that's what they say like a founder's job is just to constantly raise money and i never understood that till now so i do plan on doing like a proper seed round but because Mm -hmm. i still have um like we're just in this like launch phase so like everything's like launched but like in two weeks we're launching like the final dashboards where people can make interview requests so i'm at the stage where i'm like still kind of fundraising on like angel notes and then do like a proper seed round after a few months because um, we're also like I'm in this stage now where I'm doing like active sales too so it's kind okay. of like either fundraise or just like boost
2: my sales so or
1: both okay. hopefully
2: so possibly in a couple of months I mean you you only raised like three months ago right I did a little yeah. bit of research. Well,
1: over the past yeah it's been like over the past three months so I raised like a total of 60 like around 60k and then yeah. um, for this I'm doing like around like 300 so I probably need like around 240 more um, just to like get me through the next like six to eight months Um, and that's like not including like the sales which I already have active users and people that are actively interviewing and stuff so hopefully I can just close some of those also and then um, that should take me like another year and then do like a proper proper seed round great
2: Um, what's your current company team size
1: So I'm a solo founder um, and then I have two full-time developers that are working in Romania. So everyone just like by nature, my model is like, (laughs) um, and then I have right now, because I am still like not fully launched, I just have like contractors working on like building my database, doing like some, not sales, but like kind of onboarding the users onto the platform. I'm doing like the heavy sales with companies myself, but like the users, I'm having like contractors do like a lot of like fields that we have to fill and the tech is not fully like at the space that I want it to be. But yeah, so I just have like, a, like about three or four contractors I have like ongoing um, every week that like do everything. And then two full time, like one CTO you can say, and then like a guy that works under him, um, just like speed it up.
2: Sure, and um, two questions. Um, mm-hmm. The contractors, are they also based in Romania?
1: no so they're all over um okay. so that's kind of like my mission base too so they're like between like pakistan bangladesh um different places uh, mm-hmm. most of them have like finance degrees because it's like they're working with a lot of data um to sure. able to like pull a lot of data create formulas and stuff um and then i have a lot of like consulting consultants you can say um okay. that kind of help so like i'm working with like some data scientists that are like kind of just helping me and building out like could i want to figure out like what i want to like have my AI be ultimately. Right now I'm just doing like a tagging system, which is fine. But like, obviously when I get the capital and as I scale, I have this vision. That I have a huge set of like data that I've already been compiling. So I want to make sure I'm getting like the right inputs in the meantime. So yeah, I've been working like pro with some, like a bunch of people also. That's kind of help on the side.
2: Okay. And um, this is not the first time I've heard outsourcing development to Romania. Is there a reason for it?
1: I got lucky um, because it's really hard to find, because there's so many outsourced teams right all over the world, and it's really hard to find them. But luckily, my friend in New York, he has like an exited co-living company. Um, So when I started Walls it was kind of like instant and abrupt. And then he introduced me to these guys who are like his acting CTOs the entire time. Uh Um, So he just introduced me to them, and they were like super cool. And they coincidentally also like were part of Techstars Dubai a few years ago, so they understood my market. Sure. Um, and just like they're, they're like the best team, they're, like super diligent, like on time with everything. Um, so I got lucky. That was like a That's referral, nice. you can say.
2: Absolutely. Um, this next question is more like um, it, it would help out people who are just starting. Um, you know, they're, they're ready, they have an idea, and they want to launch a company today. How did you get your first customers? Or, in, let's generalize a little bit. If if you were starting a company today, would you get your customers on a list first to test whether the idea is viable or not, and then launch, or launch yeah. and hope you find a customer?
1: I would say that would be the like the best approach. Like it's so weird because you hear, like there's so many different, um, I guess like. Advice that goes around about this because like you don't really know, and I don't really know other people's like you know if you're starting something. Like I wouldn't know your market, and like I developed something similar in the past in the U. S. Which obviously that model worked because we exited, and this patana company is doing it. Um And then I was consulting with this Qatari company, and we were getting active users and sales from there. Like we already had like 100k in sales in like the first month, so like I already knew that there was like you know a need for it. And I've already been talking to like founders here as I like started. Um, in the regions, there's a little bit different scenario. Um, right. But in another case, like if I am. So now like I'm also like wanting to build some kind of like side thing that's like part of Walls a that like still has to do with the remote space. So it's kind of like you know how a lot of companies build like these side things that are like beneficial to their like primary company. So, um, so in that scenario, it's like I'm not building it. Like it's just like building a list and seeing if this is something that like my current users, would use and in that sense, it's like i wouldn't want to like spend my time or money developing something unless i knew like people would be using it um so i would suggest that like it really depends on the space or, like what kind of company it is if it's like consumer goods i would definitely try and see if there's a market first because that's like a lot of money you should have to pay to like develop and do research and like actually build the products and stuff um, but, yeah, for other things, too, I think it's always good to like talk to people like and I would say that like, okay, I kind of started, but like yeah, I did talk to a lot of people, like I went to the Kareem head office, I talked to like the founder of Kareem, um, mm-hmm. I read a lot of articles about like what the demand was, seeing what other people are paying other like competitors, and I did like ultimately do research like in my mind, it looks like I just started, but like it was like this ongoing thing of like research and talking to people and meeting people, so I definitely think that if you if anyone wants to start it, they should definitely um yeah do like a lot
2: of research i mean would would you suggest that i mean some people may not have the contacts yet to to go and ask around you know i mean they may be able to ask their immediate circle of friends family uh but would would you advertise like a, a sign up page for example to collect Email yeah there's like different ways
1: like i would yeah i feel like you can like create a quick type form and or just like a one landing page and you can go on fiverr and get someone to create like a quick landing page and collect um the leads but like even me like i didn't listen i didn't know anyone in the middle east i don't have any family or friends here like i came out here and i just like hit up like the founder of um kareem like i didn't know him for anything i just like hit him up on linkedin i'm like dude you just mentioned in your article that you hate like technical recruiter like you hate like you can't find any tech talent I'm like let me talk to you and he's like all right come to my office like everyone's willing to talk and I feel like that happens everywhere like everyone's super helpful and especially these days with like Twitter and LinkedIn like everyone's super helpful um I feel like if somebody reaches out to me like I'll reach out to them so I always think like you know you should never be afraid to cold call or cold email not cold call I never I mean I wouldn't say that but I never cold call out but I just like cold mess people and like even if 40% respond you have like people and from my side it's like companies um, and then in terms of users, right. it's like, we always know people are always looking for jobs. And that's like, I feel like that's like kind of like the easier side to get, but like in companies, like would they pay? Cause they're the paying side, right? Like anyone will do something for free, but it's like, would you pay for something like this? Is like the main question. Um, sure. So yeah, I feel like it's easy to like, just find who you need to talk to and pick them up.
2: All right. And just before we wrap up, uh, I had a question regarding marketing channels. What would you say is the most effective marketing marketing channel for you, for your company?
1: So I a lot of people have been asking. Like I was in this con- like this female founders and funders conference yesterday, and like a lot of people ask about like marketing channels, and everyone has like different, um, I sure. guess like products, and so like every marketing channel is different, and like even region to region, I think it's really important to like figure out um, what like the best marketing because mine isn't fully launched yet, so mine is kind of just like you know a free-for-all and it's been working out for me which is good but I you know obviously when I started going into it it's really finding like where the users live for like my space in the middle east and like where I'm acquiring users from like throughout the world if they are remote um but like you know one of the girls was talking about uber she was like one of the the people that started at uber in the very early days and had to figure out how to like change this user behavior completely because to tell people like you're going to take your personal car and pick up strangers it's like a completely shift in like a complete shift in user behavior, right? So it's like, how do you convince yeah. people to like take their cars? So they have to find people that were like willing to do it. And then she ended up finding out that like on Craigslist, a lot of people were like responding to the ads. So they Uber got all of its like first users through Craigslist ads all over the world in any city they would open they would go on Craigslist and who would have think like now you know Craigslist is weird like classified ads but and now everyone goes to Uber of course everyone knows Uber but at that time like nobody knew Uber and how are you going to tell people such an outlandish idea right like you are going to pick people up in your car <laughs> um, so it was like one of those things but like she figured it out like she just had to like try a bunch like test a lot of different channels and she figured out like hey I'm getting a ton of response from Craigslist and that's how they started started it at all I guess.
2: I mean that's why the the, the the question is so important for me, and anyone who's starting a, a business is how did how did a company get their first customers? I'm not so interested what the marketing channel yeah. is after everybody knows the name, but more yeah. the first customers. Um, yeah. So what would you say was yours? Channel so
1: mode. mine, well Mine is kind of like um like I've just had like people, like I would like look at software engineers because I don't have like a, I'm not doing like excessive marketing right now because I'm not fully launched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, finding like software. And I only was looking in the Middle East right now. Like now I it's like open up new channels. Like I can get like software engineers from like other parts of the world. So I'm gonna have to figure that out later. But like for now, it's just like, um in terms of like software engineers and stuff like that it's just like looking at linkedin and seeing who's like, a software engineer in dubai and then just like Perfect. asking those people to join the pla- and like especially when i i don't know for some reason everyone's like super nice when you're like hey can you be my first i want you to join as an early user i feel like they feel special because it's like, it's, i'm looking for like the That's best right. talent um and then companies like i said same thing i just literally will like dm them like the ceo because it's like smaller companies that i'm hitting up so i'll hit up like the smaller like you know, founder of the company and say, hey, you, you know, get like a software engineer from all Um, yeah.
2: Fantastic. So, uh, are you ready to wrap up with the famous five?
1: <laughs> oh, is it, what is it? The famous five, um, books or something you said?
2: Well, yeah, one of them, is, the first question is what's your favorite business okay, book?
1: Um, yeah. mm, it's tricky. Like the thing is, I'm not, I don't read like a lot of business books, to be honest. I like to read, so I, right now I'm reading um, Super Intelligence, which is like about AI and how AI is going to like kind of eat the world or whatever. So I like to read books that are like on different topics. So I'm reading like at the same yeah. time, Homo Deus and uh, Super Intelligence. Um, business book, okay, if you do want to say like I did like the Elon Musk biography, just because it's like very inspirational. Um, but other than that, I don't like the ones that like, because for some reason, I feel like, okay, if you read like too much of like you gotta do XYZ then you know in your mind you feel like you have to do XYZ and I'm kinda one of those people that like I wanna do things a lot differently than anyone else. So if I do I like to read biographies and get like inspired but um otherwise I like to read like stuff on like artificial intelligence and stuff. Right. Um and there's another book too it's called I forgot what it's called um but it's like really good for like early stage founders. I forgot the name but it's like about um it's called venture venture deals. So that's like a good book to read when you're starting out because that one's like very informative in terms of like how you raise capital and how Mm -hmm. like you kind of structure at the early stage of your company
2: definitely all right and number two is there a ceo you're following or studying
1: (laughs) again i don't want to say like elon musk i feel like it's so cliche but it's like i feel like my personality has always been that like i say whatever i want right like without worrying right like Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those like politically correct not to say like I'll say things that will like offend an entire like group of people but it's like I just say whatever I want and I'm not like the the you know have to do everything in like a very structured way and I feel like Elon Musk is like that but I feel like okay he's a billionaire now and he's done all these like things so he can say whatever he wants and get away with it but I feel like in today's society it's like I don't know you should just be like very transparent and I feel like that's (laughs) I don't know and say he's like people probably don't like his like leadership but I feel like he's just a brilliant person I feel like I like that whole transparency about him but I feel like that's why I kind of felt like because I feel like when I said I don't get as worried because I'm like okay if Elon Musk can say all this crap I can get away with saying all
2: this (laughs) no worries we'll put Elon Musk no cliche (laughs) here Um, number three what's your favorite online tool for growing your business
1: so I use so many, but um, I don't know. The weirdest thing I would say is like, still, it's weird. Like I like Notion. Now I'm getting more into it because I used to just like, um, like I feel like you could use that for a lot of things like CRM, tracking your data. So I, I really love Notion. I'm using a lot more now. And I found out there's so many other things that I can do with it that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Um, and like, you know, you can like share, like people share like different, um, like I'm on Clubhouse now. People are like, oh, you can see like what other topics are from like their notion. So I think there's just like so many things that people are now like, there's no more pitch decks, like everyone's sharing their like business model on notion and stuff, which is like the new thing. Um, so I didn't know that there were so many capabilities. So that's probably my favorite because I do all my CRM, my investor stuff, all of that stuff in notion.
2: Sure. Number four, if you could give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? not necessarily a regret but advice
1: mm, maybe it would be like start sooner I feel like I did a lot of things and like I can't that's not necessarily a regret because it's like everything that you do in your life leads you up to the point that you are because maybe if I didn't work at battery I wouldn't have known about the Routine space and been here now um, sure. so I don't regret anything but it's just kind of like um, I've always wanted to be like entrepreneurial, so I never want to go to college anyway. So I like really delayed that, and then I ended up going to college later. So it's like kind of like I wish I could have just like sped all of this up. <laughs> and now I'm just like one of those like hyperactive people. So I'm like I wish all this happened like ten years ago. But it's, oh, and the other thing is, it's like buy Bitcoin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Start sooner, buy Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the uh, final question is, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: I have a full night of sleep to be honest like the thing is like a lot of people say that you care about your mental health like I feel like I work like I I don't have like a fixed schedule like I don't have to do like a nine to five or ten to six or whatever like I work even to like the late hours if I want to but it's like I'll take breaks in between so I'll like I'll work for a few hours then I'll like watch a bit of like a tv show then I'll go like eat snacks I never really take naps in the day I don't know why unless I'm really tired but like if i want to wake up late i'll wake up late enough to have a meeting and i'll like yes i went to sleep at like 10 p.m sometimes i'll go to sleep at like 2 a.m so it's like kind of weird but i usually i like to have a full night of sleep because i feel like i'm way more productive when i'm like awake so it's random sometimes i will have like six hours sometimes i have like 10 hours
2: (laughs) okay we'll put six to ten no worries (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining me today um i know you're really busy thanks for giving us your time today and I really look forward to maybe following up in a year to see where things have gone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Next time you'll see, I'll have like this huge like penthouse in like (laughs) the Middle East, and I'll be like, yeah, this is one year later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Great, thank you so much.
1: All right, thank you so much.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.